obviously we're excited that he's here. Um, he coming from a, a program where they've had some success, and um, you know, and, and he's had some. So excited to put him in two deep and see how he's going to fit in for us and see where he fits in for us. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll find out a lot more here over the next 28 practices. How do you work a guy like that into the fold? I mean, obviously everything's going to be brand new to him. Right. And, and all these other guys have to so let him hit the ground running and see how he keeps up or what, what's the point? Yeah, unless you go another way. Um, <laughs> you know, when you're not here and you don't have uh, the summer or the spring to start learning things, um, you know, I will say this. He's an experienced kid. It's not like he's new to Division One college football. And he's not new to working. He's not new to having to learn, so uh, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll put him in and, and see where it goes and see how fast he adjusts. He won't have some of the other uh, adjustment issues that, that people have, but um, and the other guys really have 15 days of spring practice ahead, of, you know, other than some meetings. Glad, glad you have a lot of proven guys in this team. Yeah, you know, on, on defense, a year ago we were, you know, able to gain a lot of experience at a lot of positions. Um, you know, defensive line, um, Keon Stowers has played a lot of football for us and proven that, that he can perform. Tadarian Johnson played a lot for us, so there's a couple solid guys in there. Um, you know, we do have Ben Goodman in there, he's played a lot of football for us. Um, a little bit different role this year, but, you know, if, if you know Ben Goodman, he's one of our more productive uh, tougher guys on this team, good leadership. So you know you have a lot of faith in him. And then you're right, we got to come on. You know some of those guys are some new faces like Bolton uh, hasn't played uh, for us yet. Simke um, will be in that mix. Tyler Holmes is in there, and then, you know we have a few new guys coming in. Uh, so um, you know we hope to obviously get a, a solid six guys so we can you know rotate guys in, keep them fresh. But you know, excited about all of them and, and think we have the pieces in there that, that we can make something happen. You know, you go back to the, uh, the, the Orange Bowl team, you know, that was a, a pretty solid group across the board for the secondary of, you know, Chris Harris and Keeve, Stucky and JT. You know, those were four really solid DBs that all had a chance to, to all end up in an NFL camp. You know, and that linebacker that year, you know, James Holford, very good run. So I think that would probably be, uh, you know, for the skill in the across of the line, probably the most comparable. John, a lot of speed on offense, too. I, mean, I know that just for like that, you're bringing more speed into the, the program or something that's been really important. Uh, you have enough? Have you been able to assess what kind of role that speed can play? Yeah, I think it's kind of like money. You, you don't know that you ever have enough. You, you just uh, you, you keep wanting more. But I do think that uh, um, we had, that, that has been upgraded. You know, that's something that this, this spring, I didn't feel like we were uh, too slow out there. I couldn't compete and couldn't do some things. and so. Uh, excited about that, and obviously with some of the additions, and, and we'll see how some of the freshmen do as well. John, Coach Weiss mentioned how the spread offense isn't just a throw around, it's very running based with what you do. How important is what Montel can bring with the athleticism the quarterback position and being a running threat? How important is that to your offensive system to move forward this season? You know, I think if you look uh, across the country, uh, and Clint and I talk about this all the time, but regardless of the system you're in, when you have a quarterback that can keep plays alive, and make plays with his feet, it's important. 
Uh, it puts a whole different strain on the defense. Uh, it, it, it forces them to defend the entire field, not just from him throwing the ball, uh, but, but with what he can do with his feet as well. And I think, you know, with, with where we are and the development of, of who we are as an offense, um, it, it's probably even more important right now. Um, that, that you need guys uh, with the ball in their hands that can erase mistakes of other players. You know, and, and, uh, and we feel like he'll have a chance to do that some. Is that an important part to defending the spread is being able to identify the running threat that the other quarterback possesses? Yeah, you know, when you open up you know, a new opponent study, um, it, it really, as a defensive coach, always starts and, and probably finishes with the quarterback. You know, what, what is his skill set? What are the things that he does well? And when it's a guy who can run, um, it, it does. It creates issues in, in all aspects of what you do. You know, if he's a scramble guy, you know, how you're going to pass rushing, you know, those kind of guys can be scary. If he's a legitimate quarterback run threat, it opens up a hole, you know, in our opinion. You, know, you always talk about gaps in football. You know, well, if the quarterback can run, that's an extra gap. That's an extra guy you got to, you know, put in the in the run fold uh, to stop those kind of teams, which obviously if you're committing some place, you're taking away some place, and that's just kind of the numbers game of football. And so that QB is always a huge factor. In, in you know, the guys who can truly be running threats and throw the ball well, those are those are difficult to defend. You know, the people in John, people think spread, most fans say, oh, well, you're going to throw it six and seven times because you got four wide receivers, you're spreading the field. But from a defensive coordinator's standpoint in this league, a team like Baylor, what they like to do is spread you out and run. Or if you go, you know, if you go out and you try to stop the run, they're going to throw it. So, I mean, that's, is that kind of what you see from this, this offense? Yeah, to, you know that's what the the spread mentality and the philosophy of, of the thing is. That puts it just puts you in binds. You know, you, you and you hit the nail on the head. Is the, the misnomer is that spread equals throwing the ball? Well, spread doesn't necessarily mean throwing the ball. You know, the, the good spread teams I think are still in the 50-50, 60-40 range of run pass, and, and that. Those, I say it, it just becomes a numbers deal. You know, there's there's a certain amount of, of gaps in there, and you know, unfortunately, a limited number of defenders that allow us to put on the field. When you put them some somewhere, then obviously you're weak in different spots, and those are the conflicts that, that I believe offensive coaches in today's football are are doing a great job of, of going with. You know, it used to, you know, I was talking to some older defensive coordinator guys I've known, and like, you know, we used to just talk about fundamentals, tackle, be tough, all this and that. Well, obviously you have to still do those things, but where these guys on the offensive side of the ball is taking it is to where schemes and the schematics of football have become have evolved uh, tremendously in the last, I think, since about 06, 07, that range, to where it, it's all about putting defenses in conflict and, and, and open space. Is that what's fun? Uh, most of the time, when you have the players to do it, yeah. Um, and it is. I mean, that's the, what Clint says, and a lot of these are conversations we've had, but um, you're trying to force a defense to, number one, still play fundamental football, uh, two, keep them from trying to do too much uh, because you're forcing them to defend the entire field. And then you're trying to find um, that, as he mentioned, the player in conflict and you know, do your best. Hopefully you have the matchups you need to take advantage of that player uh, or that group of players you know, or that scheme. And um, you know, my background, obviously growing up, is through option. And that doesn't, I mean, by no means are we going to line up and run 75 plays of option, but that philosophy of, this is what we do. Okay? We can do it a lot of different ways, but this is what we do. Um, now you're going to stop it, and then what's our next step? And, and that's really 
um, kind of the mentality of, of what our you know spread offense has become. How much the pace of play fit in that? How quickly do you guys run up? That's a really good question. I, I think that um, it, it's it's different for every team. You know, I, I will say that three years ago, uh, pace of play for what we were doing offensively wasn't a big deal because we needed to make sure what we were doing was right. Um, I think that for other teams, um, you know, some teams are trying to run as many plays in the game as they can possibly run with uh, no regard at all for the other side of the ball. That won't be us. You know, Clint and I will have fights if that's the case, I imagine. But, um, you know, you certainly want to be able to take advantage of pace if you can. Um, and so that'll be something that weekly we will game plan. And, um, and we'll look at who we are as well. Uh, going really fast is good if you're pretty good. It's not really good if you're bad sometimes. Getting off the field isn't always the goal. John, what has impressed you most about the receiving core you have here? It's a very, it looks like a very deep receiving core on paper. Yeah, you know, I think what, what the, the biggest impression um, is that uh, it, it's better than I thought, okay, from where, when I first walked into the end of spring. Uh, you know, I think Coach Kiesel has done a great job developing those guys, and, um, you know, I, I think that there is a, a solid ability to put more than, you know, three or four players on the field. And so uh, I'm excited about that. You know, I think that they uh, are as important in the passing game as the guy who's throwing the ball uh, at times because certainly they've got to help him. Uh, and so uh, I think they give us the ability to do that. And, and that's those are probably the two biggest impressions I've gotten from. Clay, you talk about the pace, fast pace, now we're trying to slow it down and say maybe increasing injury risk in the past. How much advantage does it give to the offense? You know, it, it, it does. It forces guys to, you know, think more quickly on their feet, you know, it forces you to get the call in in a hurry. It, it does limit your ability to substitute. Um, you know, if, if offensively they're not changing personnel, they're, you know, the game's not going to slow down. So you cannot substitute. So if people want to say that that creates uh, injuries, I've given it no thought whatsoever. Um, I just know the rules of the game right now is you can't substitute. And then if you can't substitute, it obviously, you know, you, it forces a situation where you can get stuck with certain people on the field. Which you know sometimes good or bad, you know, depending on where that is. But it, it, it does. It, it you know, be lying you say it doesn't affect you. You know, something you have to practice, something you have to prepare for. You have to have your system in place to get calls in that quickly. So it it takes time when you play a tempo team. You know, in your preparation, which you know, the more you prepare for, the, the, the more your kids have to know, and, and that's on that whole thinking thing. So Kevin Short is uh, taller than most cornerbacks. What is it about him? Uh, Kevin has a, a very high upside. Uh, you know, he has a lot to learn in, in terms of, of truly how to be a technical uh, a player. But you know, his body type—he's a long, rangy DB. You know, long arm guy, six one, one ish. You know, body type, good body, uh, very smooth um, with his body movement, his change of direction, his speed. He can run. And, and he has good instincts, you know, the game, one of the guys of the game, you know, falls in place for him, you know, he, he understands how to play and, and a little bit of a natural football player, so I'm uh, very excited about where he could, you know, develop into, what he could develop into this fall. I mean, I don't know how much you understood about that, because you knew they had three NFL members in that 17, Chris maybe it surprised a lot of us. Could you be sitting on a secondary that I eventually, uh, you know, end up with some yeah, you know, those, there's some guys in there with the, with the talent to do it. You know, the, um, you know, you sent here a year ago and, and looking at the 
bunch, and all the questions are, what are you going to do in the secondary? Because you know, Dexter McDonald, Ja'Cory, Isaiah, and Cassius hadn't played. They all just gotten there, and they were the they were the big question mark a year ago. And now a year later, we're talking about those guys being, you know, matching probably you know the best secondaries in Kansas football history. You know, and um, but they do have the talent to do it. I mean, Dexter McDonald, they're all physically, you know, that that body type that, that you need to have, and and they you know they're learning to play. All, all, all of them have the ability to, to step up and, and become that kind of guy. Yeah, uh, the ability to, to, to work with the guys in the, in the summer for just you know, those couple hours a week, not just you guys, but the entire staff. And that helped, especially you, John. And well, sure. Guys. I mean, I, you know, it's uh, any time that you can sit down and watch film with your players and, and talk, and you know, without the pressure of a, of a practice to prepare for or a game to prepare for, it really is true teaching time. So there's no question that that, that, uh, that time is, and it makes sense. I mean, they're here, they're, and, and we are at times. And so, um, you know, it, it certainly did help, I mean, at least from our side of the ball, without a question. How much do you think it helped Montel to be able to spend that time with you? Um, I hope tremendously. You know, I think that um, you know, coming in and, and being able to know you going into the summer as the starter, um, to be able to come in and, and sit down and ask questions from a different perspective, uh, with a level of certainty, um, certainly helped him. The, uh, the stereotype might be that old school football coaches are pretty resistant to change or to giving up seeing any amount of authority or decision making. Um, Coach Weiss has made pretty significant changes in the structure on his staff here, and Coach Campbell as well. Um, can you talk about how those things are going for you guys being placed in these positions, a little bit of unusual structure perhaps in the program this year, and how that's working out so far? Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're a year into our, you know, transition, um, obviously, um, you know, switched things, you know, last spring and, and then last fall, um, you know, our side of the ball, um, you know, it's been, been smooth, you know, Coach Crampo and um, the rest of our defensive coaches, we always, you know, we're a team effort and work together uh, to go with it, and, you know, when, when you're, you know, part of, part of a program, part of a team, all those personal egos and all that stuff that goes out the window. You know, you just do what's best for the kids and for the program and what's best to win, and that's what everyone's on board doing. You know, from my perspective, uh, from the very first phone call with Coach Weiss after he talked to Coach Bailiff and asked permission to talk to me, he said that he wanted to give up control of the offense, that you know, he was ready to be a head coach and to spend his time being a head coach, and he wanted to hire somebody to come in and run the spread offense. Um, and that is exactly what he has done, um, from my perspective. Uh, he, he's allowed me to uh, do what we needed to do, um, and, and he sat back as a head coach and uh, noticed some things and, and mentioned them and said, hey, what do you think about this? And most of them philosophically. Uh, you know, we sit and talk about a lot. I mean, when you've got a guy who's won four Super Bowl rings, you want to learn something. Uh, and so, um, you know, it, it, but he has allowed it. It's certainly uh, our offensive staff's offense. Uh, it, it's not our offensive staff with an asterisk on it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's been, uh, from my perspective, exactly what I was told it was going to be and exactly what I was hoping it would be, and it's been very smooth. John, when did you first begin running the spread and how much adaptation has there been over here? Um, golly, I, we were in versions of the spread even back in 2005 and six. I mean, we were still running some more ISO and things like that at the time, but not a ton. I mean, we were, we were in versions of the spread then. And, Obviously, I think when, when uh, you know, 2007 was the year we went completely to it, uh, 
with the philosophy of it, not just the spreading people out. Um, as far as that, that adaptations, um, a lot. I mean, I, I think that you know some of those adaptations are very small and they're week to week, and, and some of those are philosophical changes that um, are made, and uh, they're major, and they're not made week to week. Those are made, you know, in the off season and, um, and, and when you have time to sit down and study. But uh, I, you know, it's kind of like if you ask. It, the, the spread is just kind of the fun term that everybody likes right now. Um, but if you said, hey, how did the wishbone adapt over over time? Well, it's still the wishbone, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's not the same one that they're running at Georgia Tech right now that they ran, you know, at Oklahoma in the early 80s. So. John, this is a philosophical question, but uh, when you're looking at offenses, are you more concerned about the scheme you're running or, or the guy that's playing quarterback for you? Um, the, the number one thing you're always concerned about the guys is the guy playing quarterback for them. Um, you know, and but I don't think you can look at them separately. I mean, if, if you've got a guy that you think is good enough to play, you better have a scheme that fits him. Um, so, you know, I, I think that you, know, you. But there's nothing that's going to drive an offense to success or to failure faster than a quarterback, and then followed quickly by the offensive line. How would you characterize your relationship with Montel? I mean, just a short time ago, and you guys, you know, that coach quarterback relationship can be so huge. Um, have you guys taken strides there? I feel like that's a little personal question. <laughs> 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 the relationships. Huh? No, I mean, I, I think that it's a little different in the sense that I'm not his position coach. Right, right. Um, and but I, I do think um, that Montel has. Uh, Showing some signs this summer of, of, of taking over a leadership role as the quarterback. Um, I think that uh, he's a study of the game, and so um, that goes a long way. And uh, he's a very personable guy. I mean, so it's it's easy to uh, be able to, to to build and talk in those situations. Yeah, maybe the better way to ask is, have you been able to figure out those sort of things to kind of make him tick yet? Well, since I haven't been able to coach him in the, in the week of a game, right. I, it would be hard to say yes, but I. I do think I have a pretty good feel for how he does things, and I think he does for me as well. John, 07, you had the offensive line. Uh, they didn't play mistake for you. They didn't make stupid mistakes. Uh, you talk about your ability to, to incorporate that and, and you know, get him to work as a, as a team within the team and maybe compare that with what you got now. Yeah, I think you know the offensive line position is always, in my opinion, it is a little bit different than, than every other position in the sense that it's not just about having five good players. Certainly having five good players helps, um, but, but there's got to be a communication, there's got to be a gel, there's got to be a, um, a spoken and unspoken communication that, that goes on uh, between those guys. Uh, it, it's all got to fit right. And, um, you know, the, the, the 07 line, to say that we didn't make stupid mistakes, I, would, I can show you on paper that that's not true, but um, you know, I, I think that they had that, you know, whatever the, that short definition of that is that I just gave. Um, and, and I think that it's, it's inevitable. I mean, if you're going to be a good offense, you're going to have to be uh, more than functional and, and pretty good up front. Um, you know, and so uh, that is what we're driving towards. I, I think what you take from either that line or any other line um, or any other team for that matter is, is what the players can take is look at it and say, hey, you know what, uh, they weren't all, all Americans. Um, you know, and, and having a guy back like Ryan Cantrell that was on that line that knows how we did it, knows that he wasn't an All-American, um, to share that this is how we did it anyway, 
you know, I think that can be important, and that, and that will be important to us this year. We have time for two more questions. Center position, you've got a junior college guy who had not played at this level, registered freshman who came as a walk-on, and another two freshman. Are you extra concerned about center compared to the other spots? Well, I'm, I'm pretty much extra concerned about a lot of positions right now. Um, certainly that center position is key. Um, we, we do need a guy there that, that can communicate with both sides of the, of the offensive line. Um, but I do believe that uh, he doesn't have to do that by himself. You know, I think that there can be four other guys on that offensive line that can help him with that communication. And so um, certainly we need to solidify that in a lot of other positions. Um, and, and, but I think that we've got time to do that and we've got the personnel to do that. Clint, uh, Michael Reynolds is uh, the obvious proven pass rusher that we have out there. There are, you know, obviously um, getting pressure on the QB is a big thing. Michael Reynolds, I, I think, has uh, a chance to have a pretty special year this year. Uh, we have to make sure we're taking advantage of that, giving him the opportunity to have that kind of year. And we have, we've worked on developing other guys. Um, you know, one guy that's come along is a guy backing him up, Victor Simmons, who was new to that position in the spring. But Victor's a really good athlete. Uh, has a good speed and burst, and, and he's a guy that made a lot of progress in the spring uh, springtime with pass rush ability, and you know so we're always looking for, for for guys that can do that. And you know within our scheme, you know other guys that can rush, you know if if we can find them, plugging them in there. But of course if you can, you know, as you know, if you can find four of those guys, especially two coming off the edge that are really good at it, it, it changes third down tremendously. And uh, um, so that that is something that we're always hunting. Right now, you know. Uh, Michael and Victor are probably our top two and, and see who else shows up and what they do.